Hello, Canada, and welcome to another episode of Canadian Common Sense. This is Canadian Common Sense with Lewis and Tony. Well, good afternoon, Canada. Today's date is September 9th, 2020, and it's Tony out here in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in uh, smoky British Columbia. Oh, more forest fires? Uh, yep, yep. Uh, there's uh, The big ones are south of the border in Washington, and it's all blowing up into our valley. Oh, lovely. So then it's going to hang there for a while, too. Yeah, well, I mean, it all depends on wind direction, but uh, it's it's a big fire, and it's just on the other side of the border, and it's uh, uh, it's still completely out of control. So, oh, great! Well, stay safe out there, my friend. Yeah, how was your long weekend? Uh, my long weekend was actually pretty good. I didn't actually do a lot, which is nice for a change. But I'm gearing up. Um, as many listeners know, I'm going to be running for office in a month and a half. So I'm yeah. just getting some some preparations ready, and actually got to meet my MLA this this past weekend. So, oh, good. Yeah. So her cool. and I actually had a really good chat, and uh, I've interviewed her on the show before. Um, so we earlier on in our in our when we had the show, and so her and I had a good chat. And very nice lady. Just. Uh, unfortunately misguided in her politics so uh but it was good we had a good talk and there's certainly no ill will we were just wishing each other the, the best of luck and and that was that yeah. so and yeah because i mean we talked about this after the interview that you had with her and it, it's a strange uh, combination her being ex-military and being a member of the ndp so it, i always found that to be an odd an odd combination, but uh, I hopefully uh, hopefully all goes well with for you in this election, and it'll be Canadian common sense with Lewis. Well, hey, you never know. We'll see what <laughs> see what happens. Uh, sitting in MLA might still be able to uh, do the odd quote unquote guest appearance. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I I just before we get into anything, I just wanted to talk about my long weekend. Um, my family and I, we decided to do a bit of a historical weekend um, to learn about Canada's history. And so uh, we decided to, and I, and I know this is going to sound, oh, yeah, that's so historic. Uh, we went to Fairmont Hot Springs, which is one of the oldest hot springs uh, that was discovered by, uh, it was one of the first hot springs discovered in B.C., by the uh by by settlers uh and it is fairly historic and the whole area around there is historic we uh spent the day at uh fort steel which is uh uh much like back east they've got uh upper canada village uh calgary's got heritage park um edmonton's got fort edmonton um, you know, Fort Steele is the very first Northwest Mounted Police uh, post, uh, outpost in British Columbia. And uh, 
so it was it was quite fascinating. I mean, there were some restrictions with COVID, and they didn't have a lot of the buildings open, uh, but you could still view through the windows and, and such. And it was it was very interesting. The last time we were there was 13 years ago when my daughter was just two years old, and um, so it was it was really uh, it was really cool to show our kids and and uh, for our kids to learn all about the area. Uh, we ended up going into Kimberley which uh, for the skiers in our audience know that Kimberly is, has one of the best ski resorts uh, in, in Canada. Uh, but Kimberly is, did not get settled for skiing. It was settled for mining. And we took a, a train ride through the, the old um, uh, mines and uh, uh, got to learn a lot about the, the mine and and uh and how much ore it produced and and how many people lived there and worked in there and and everything it was really fascinating and then the last uh thing we did was we stayed at a resort uh just north of cranbrook uh called saint eugene uh golf uh golf resort and the really interesting thing about this is that it is the only resort in Canada like this. It is owned and operated by the local First Nations. And it is a former residential school. And when the government shut down the residential schools in, I believe it was 1970, um, the, this, the school sat empty for uh, 20 years or so, and it became you know, very run down and everything. The First Nations band decided to um, take something bad from their history and make something good out of it. And they renovated the place. They uh, built a championship golf course, uh, put in a casino as well. Uh, but it's... The, the residential school is now an interpretive center and a cultural center to learn about the local Kootenai Indian, uh, Indian band and their traditions, and they, but mostly about their history and their experience with the residential schools and how they are re uh, repairing the damage done now. And when I... Uh, sent you the photos of this place i mean i think you were quite amazed at the beauty oh yeah um but also uh you said something to me that i was already thinking and that was this is what real reconciliation is yeah i think it's a great uh, a great you know way to show reconciliation and yeah and uh, like you said they took something negative and then turned it into a positive and i mean they've instead of trying to erase their history they've embraced it and i think that's uh absolutely fantastic and i i wish that that more first nations across canada would do you know something similar to this yeah i mean because they could have torn that school down and nobody would have blamed them for it Oh, absolutely. But they didn't. They kept it, and they turned it into something beautiful. And uh, so I give the, the Kootenai Indian band uh, absolute 
props for what they've done. It is a beautiful resort and we will definitely be going back. It is just an amazing place to visit. Um, Now you and I talked before the show and we said that because our listenership has, has, I think it's more than doubled now in the past six weeks uh, that we need to reintroduce ourselves and maybe reintroduce the show to uh, to our new listeners and to explain our uh, episode numbering system because it's unique. Uh, so I'm I'm Lewis from British Columbia. I live in the Okanagan. Uh, I'm a married father of two. We uh, I own my own business out here, and um, I have been involved in politics pretty much my whole life. I was a member of the Reform Party of Canada as a youth. Uh, I haven't really belonged to a political party in the in the past decade or so. I, I am a conservative libertarian, uh, but I, I just, I'm not a member of a party because I can't really find a home. Um, but, uh, but I do lean to the conservatives because they're the ones that are closest to my, uh, beliefs. All right. And I am Tony, and I live in the beautiful city of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, known as the Paris of the Prairies. And surprisingly, I am also a conservative, uh, very much a free marketeer, libertarian type conservative. And while I'm no longer a member of a federal political party, I am a member of the Provescoff Conservative Party of Saskatchewan. And as I just alluded to earlier in this episode, I am also a candidate for election. Uh, Election will be on October 26th, provincial election in Saskatchewan. And like Lewis, I've been politically active for most of my life, and I'm already pushing 50. And the reason Lewis and I started this show was actually Lewis's brainchild, um, because there was a serious lack of political podcasts in Canada discussing Canadian issues coast to coast from a common sense conservative sort of viewpoint. So when Lewis pitched the idea to me, we should really start a weekly podcast. uh, I leapt at the opportunity and now here we are two years plus later and still going strong. So I'll let Lewis explain the, the way we number episodes, but before we do that, I'll just uh, say this show is purely an opinion show. So we, we stick to the facts and we just give you our interpretation of different news stories, events going on in Canada. And we are live to tape, unedited, unscripted, and the show publishes typically within minutes after we finish recording. And yeah. Lewis, yeah. what about those strange numbers? Yeah, the strange number in system. Uh, it makes sense once we explain it. Uh, the episodes that end in zero, such as, you know, 52.0, 61.0, those are our full episodes that are for right around 45 minutes in length. Uh, they have both of us on the show at the same time. And they're, and those are released weekly, typically Tuesdays, 
but depending on scheduling, uh, if we can't make that work, then it's, you know, within a day, uh, either way, it could be Monday, could be Wednesday, but 90% of the time it is Tuesday. Uh, anything with a 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.3, 0 0.4, those are our, uh, those are our, what we call our common sense rants, uh, which are typically about five to 10 minutes long and features just one of us. And it's just us, you know, hearing something in the news and we just get on and, and riff on, uh, what we just heard or what we just read and um and that's and that's about it that, that's that's our numbering system and now that you know it makes sense if you didn't know before it, it might have been a little confusing um we uh one thing i just wanted to add to your description of the show is that we we aren't just conservatives we're canadians and we are common sense canadians which means that if Justin Trudeau or if John Horgan in BC or, uh, you know, Legault in Quebec deserves some credit for something that they did, we'll give it to them. Uh, we're not going to hold back and, 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 uh, and dump on their ideas because they're not conservatives. We will give them credit where credit is due. We will criticize when criticizing is called for. And we will criticize conservatives when criticism is called for. Uh, and so having said all that, let's get to the criticizing and the, and, and the uh, uh, giving props to who deserves it. Absolutely. On the show tonight, speaking of criticizing conservatives, New Brunswick PCs are about to get a blast from us. And did we hear 350? How about 400? 450 going once, going twice. $500 billion deficit on its way. Is trust Justin Trudeau campaigning on that deficit? Is there dissent in the Liberal Party of Canada? And we have news for you. All right. How about we start off with... Uh, the New Brunswick Progressive Conservatives. Sure. Now, most people in Canada have probably heard by now there is an election provincially in New Brunswick. It, they'll be voting Tuesday of next week, September 15th. And the news came Monday, I believe, or yesterday, that there is a candidate for the Progressive Conservative Party who has been dropped by the party for allegedly making some transphobic remarks. Now, it wasn't reported what kind of transphobic remarks this candidate made, but just that he was instantly dumped from the ticket, uh, the PC ticket, but it was too late to remove him from the ballot. So um, I'll let you sound off on that in a second. I want to throw my opinion out there, and that is, A, his name's already on the ballot, whether it was or not. I still think that they should have left that up to the voters to decide. I'm so sick of conservatives tucking their tail between their legs and running as soon as controversy comes up. Uh, yeah, I, I am too, but we don't know what he said. Um, we don't. And that's the disappointing part because, uh, I mean, if the guy fairly innocuous, something that, that may not have been offensive six months ago, and trust me, there's a lot of that out there. Um, 
I, we could be ruining, they could be ruining his, his life uh, over something very minor. Um, but if it's something that is highly offensive or something that has been deemed offensive for many, many years, uh, you know, it, it could be totally and completely justified. But I don't know what he said. And I don't, and I don't think anybody else really does because it hasn't been released. No, exactly. And, and the problem I have with, with that is that clearly, I mean, I guess unless he has been hiding these comments that were made maybe maybe sometime in the past, he obviously made it through the vetting process to become a candidate. And I just say let the voters decide. I mean, let the voters know the situation and if the voters still say okay you know what fine punt him or we'll forgive him and elect him anyway i just don't understand now the current conservatives will have effectively nobody running for them because they've kicked this guy out of out of the party so why can't we the people be assumed to be smart enough to make up our own minds well, yeah, I agree with you, but at the same time, I don't know what he said. Um, but, if, like I said, if it was something fairly minor, something that was not offensive six months ago, um, then you know that's something I think should be left up to the voters. But if it's something that the that the the you know the PCs there don't even want to be associated with, that's different. Yeah, I guess I could take your point on that. So, so, uh, so yeah, we'll see in six days if uh, this man gets elected or not. And if he does, then why won't the PCs be in a bind there? Do they then take him back or does he sit as an independent? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I know what I... Now, okay, having said what I said, um, we're... A lot of the like the political parties are, are are kowtowing to special interest groups now, and especially the woke brigade. And it's it, this is really starting to irritate me because are, are conservatives conservative, and we believe in freedom, or are we just liberals too? Yeah, no, good point, and. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've, I'm actually even beyond the point of just rolling my eyes at the the woke brigade, as you call them, because it's, uh, it's, it's just starting to annoy me now. Well, you, I mean, I don't know if you heard, but yesterday, even the Oscars have come out with new guidelines for what can and cannot be nominated for an award now. Like Picture of the Year, like some of the greatest films of all time can't even be, would never even be nominated now uh because because they don't uh they don't land within the rules of what is what qualifies as picture of the year like braveheart would never have been nominated uh you know 1917 would never have been nominated dunkirk never would have been nominated uh uh saving private ryan you know all, all these great great movies um, would never even be nominated now, according to the new rules. Scarface, yeah. you know, none of those. But and it's all because of the woke brigade. And I know that has nothing to do with Canadian politics, but it it well actually it, it kind of does because 
culture is more influential than politics. And so, and, and now it's, they're brainwashing. I mean, EA Sports, their new Madden football game. Uh, Colin Kaepernick is in the game. He hasn't been in the NFL since 2016. And when in his last year as a quarterback, uh, his quarterback rating was at the bottom of the league. He, he, he has a, a, a career win-loss record of 28 and 30. And, and in, the, in the EA Sports Madden 21, he's got a higher quarterback ranking than half of the NFL starters that are playing today. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, like this is this is the world we're living in, and it's affecting everything. And because uh, culture is more influential than politics. Yeah, well, and you know what? It's uh, it will come back to bite the business world. I mean, I, I don't think it was originally his quote, but on the Dan Bongino show, he's often said, "Get woke, go broke," and we saw that happen with Gillette when they came up with their ad about toxic masculinity. Their sales dropped like nine billion dollars. So, oh yeah, yeah. So we no, as the consumer like, still have I, a voice. I, and I haven't bought a Gillette product since that commercial. Yeah, neither have I. Because they, I mean, and it wasn't just about a small percentage of men who are, you know, whatever. It was it it that commercial insinuated that all men were like are like that or pigs and jerks and violent and all of this. Like it's, it was the, one of the worst commercials of all time. And, uh, and it cost them dearly. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And they deserved it. Yeah. All right. Next up back to politics. So we have some terrible news. Our- <laughs> Our favorite charity is closing its doors. Oh, surprise, surprise. Yes, and the, the Kielbergers are, are stepping down as we closes its Canadian operations. And rest assured, Canada, your two humble podcasters are shedding not one single tear. No, we are not. It's, I mean, this is great news. I mean, but... Does this mean we're never going to find out what really happened? I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually exactly what I thought after I read the article. Because um, I mean, it even they even in their their statement uh, today, the Kielbergers did say that obviously they were hurt by the by the scandal with the Trudeau government, and so I said, well, that might just be the last thing they have to say because once the charity is closed down. Yeah, are we able to go after any documents that they had? Is uh, like I, I don't actually know what the procedure is from here. Yeah, I, I neither do I, and that's that's something that that needs to be answered because uh, there's still a lot of questions. Yeah, no, you're right. That's actually, uh, yeah, I don't really know the answer to that, but I certainly hope that we can still. Uh, still get after some of those documents boy now you've given me something else to get mad about <laughs> <laughs> well i'll give you one more thing to get mad about uh justin trudeau has announced a 221 uh million dollar fund for 
exclusively for black entrepreneurs. You know, when you sent me that article today, I, uh, I just, I just, I couldn't stop face palming and there is no single group that Mr. Trudeau will not pander to. And it's, it's, it makes me sick. And it, this is, this actually, I'll tie this in with where I was going to go next is I think he's campaigning. I think that he is, he's out there offering money and now it's for black entrepreneurship and he's offering, you know, there was the spending announcements the day after parliament was prorogued. And I just think that, well, I'm sure he's campaigning, but I, I want to step back one little bit on the black entrepreneurship fund. Now I know that you're a fan of the Ben Shapiro show, which is American. Um, but I am as well. And Ben Shapiro had an interview with Candace Owens this, this this past weekend. And I couldn't help but think of that interview when you sent me the article because she said flat out that, you know, black people will never succeed. Or no, she said, well, I think she said nobody will ever succeed from getting the handout. They succeed from being left alone and being allowed to work. Yeah. And, and, to, and for those who don't know, Candace Owens, is a black woman. Yeah, good good to point that out. Yeah. And yeah. uh she's very outspoken. I like her. I think she's uh she's amazing. And it just made me think that yeah, like she she actually is a classic example. I mean she's someone who just clawed her way up and succeeded on her own. Yeah. And uh I mean the thing is is that we already have special programs in Canada to help minority uh members of minority groups start businesses and get uh low interest loans and all of that kind of stuff to start businesses these already exist yeah so now we're just lab- now he just so he can put the the proper label on it and that's why i say he's campaigning because once parliament no, was prorogued no he's not no he's not he said he's not oh there we go I stand corrected. He, he <laughs> said. He said. There's. He said. He's. He's not planning for an election this fall. So he's just doing all the TV talk shows across the country because he's such a celebrity, and we all want to see him on TV. That's right. Because he's not. He's not campaigning. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> if you believe that, I've got a bridge to sell you. Yeah, because he's uh, also brought up with his new finance minister uh, that he's thinking of how would you like a $500 billion deficit for this year? Because when we oh, said 400, well, because absolutely. <laughs> See, the thing is, and uh, for our new listeners, we said on this show many times that we're, we know Justin Trudeau listens to our show. And the reason we know that is because I can think of at least three or four examples just off the top of my head where you and I, Lewis, have either made policy suggestions or predictions, and within days, the Trudeau government is acting on them. So, yeah, we know that it's, it's absolutely more than four. Uh, I believe just off the top of my head, I can think of six. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, and I'm sure there's been more, but. Yeah, no, it, it it is something, and we've because <laughs> we've come on the next show and said, 
well, (laughs) (laughs) they did what we suggested they should do. Yeah, exactly. So then uh, I've been saying in this show, and we've we've been saying for months that kind of the deficit would hit over 400 billion this year. So Mr. Trudeau obviously has said, hold my beer, let's go for 500 billion. And Yves Giroux, who is the parliamentary budget officer, said, A, that our current level of deficits cannot be sustained for more than a year or two. And B, that if Canada goes down this road, that we're effectively, we're going to be sorry. And he was on the Roy Green show this weekend. And I got to say, the more I hear this man, the more I like him. I mean, he's, he's actually a common sense voice in the liberal wilderness. I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with him. Yeah, he's, I, I have to disagree with him though. Uh, these level of deficits are not affordable now. True, yeah. Like, forget a year or two from now. They're not affordable now. And, I mean, $500 billion deficit, our debt before this started was, what was it, $800 billion? I think it was actually even six eighty. I want to say. Oh, I don't think it was that low. Uh, that might have been what it was before Trudeau took power. No, oh, maybe that. Yeah, that that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it was eight hundred to eight hundred twenty billion or so went before COVID hit, and now we're talking one point two, one point three trillion. Like this is, this is asinine. This is absolutely mind blowing, and should scare the living daylights out of everybody. It should. And here's one more wrench that I think will scare Canadians even more: is that with the different pandering, with the you know absolute enormous sum of money that Mr. Trudeau was throwing out there, I really think that. He's going to be, he's buying off Jagmeet Singh and the NDP without even offering to buy them off. I think it's going to be very difficult for Jagmeet Singh to oppose a throne speech when Mr. Trudeau is going to give him everything that he's asked for without him even asking. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If I was the NDP, I might just um, oppose it just to position ourselves as the more level-headed political party on the left, because they're, they're just, uh, the liberals have moved left of the NDP and that's, that's almost impossible, but they've done it. Oh yeah. And I actually, I agree with you that that's what the NDP should do. You and I both know that Jagmeet Singh is not very smart, and no. he's he actually should oppose a throne speech and should try to trigger an election because somehow, and I don't know how this works, he actually has the highest popularity numbers of any political party leader federally right now. So it would actually be to his advantage to to force an election. But I really don't think he will, and I don't. I think he will look at it as, yeah, oh wow, we're going to talk about pharmacare, we're going to talk about spending into oblivion, and 
I could see him just going along for the ride because maybe he'll get an extra 30 seconds uh, of questioning in parliament and pitch that off as being more accountability. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's, that's what I think will happen. I agree with you. I think that's what will happen. I think that the liberals will throw them a bone and they'll, they'll take it and uh, they'll support the throne speech and we will not have an election this fall. Um, what I've seen so far of Aaron O'Toole, I am mightily impressed. And, uh, and I wish there was an election this fall because I think Aaron O'Toole could beat Trudeau quite handily. I think he could. And what really, really worries me, and I wish I was a better archivist, but, I, but for our new listeners, and even for our current listeners or older listeners, if we go back, it's episode 79.2 maybe. Lewis, you did a rant saying how we're on our, on our way to socialism. Yeah. I'm really, I really fear that if we don't get into an election within the next six months, we are, we are doomed for socialism. And that actually scares the hell out of me. Yeah, and as it should. I mean, I agree. I think, I mean, I'm the, I'm the one who did the rant on it. I, I really do think that we're on the brink of socialism. And, uh, and if we do go there, there's no turning back. Like whatever party, like whatever conservative party gets in there after they start in with a universal basic income and all this freebie stuff, pharmacare, all these freebies, you know, dental, like government, so you know, uh, what is it called? Single source, single payer dental care. Which, if you think it's hard to get into a seat of dentist now, wait until that goes through. Oh yeah. Um, when all of this stuff gets passed, any party that comes in and says they want to undo it is is going is going to finish last. Yeah, no, that that's that's absolutely the way it is, and then eventually the system will collapse on top of itself, which is which will yeah. will take no time at all because we've already spent ourselves into oblivion. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen, I've never seen a program, even temporary programs, that were ever uh, that were ever discontinued. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a good point, and. We can see that Trudeau was already trying to position the Serb, and uh, you know, into being that universal basic income. And we've talked, you know, ad nauseum on past shows about how disastrous that is for our economy, with people who will are saying, "Yeah, yeah, two thousand a month is just fine for me not to work," and they don't work. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I, I just had a, an argument with a with a friend of mine in the U.S. Uh, about this and I think I talked about it um, maybe um, no actually I, I didn't I was going to say I think I talked about it last week but I don't think I did and he was going on and on about how they need a universal basic income in the US and I, and I just I said no you don't I mean we're living it right now with CERB like I live in an area where we've had one confirmed case of COVID. Nobody here is scared of getting COVID. And 
some of some people I know who own businesses, including one of my competitors, can't get people to even apply to job postings. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Normally, you know, we get just bombarded with job applications. I get I don't even have job postings except in the spring, and I normally get absolutely slammed with job applications all year long. And I haven't I haven't received one since March. Yeah, that's that's just the ridiculous, and that's. And that's the problem right there. I mean, if if Canadians can't see what's right in front of their face, I mean, this is what your future looks like. You really want businesses to close, and that's what's happening is businesses are closing because they can't find staff. Yeah, I know of businesses here that have actually closed for good because they can't get any staff. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, really, Canada, you've got to – You've got to get vocal about this. You can't let this country slide into socialism. And I recommend all of you actually go back through our, our, our show lists and listen to Lewis's rant about that again, because if it doesn't wake you up, then listen to it again and again yeah. and again. And I believe, <laughs> I believe that, I believe that rant is called, uh, we're on the brink of socialism or socialism is almost here or something. It's, I think yeah, I think brink of socialism is in there somewhere. So yeah, yeah. So it and it's not too long ago. It's only a couple of weeks. Yeah. So it. Uh, so yeah, I'd recommend everybody listen to that one. All right. So two more topics to to jump on here. Sure. With Mr. Trudeau's five hundred billion dollar deficit, hold my beer. Let's go for a six. So did I hear seven somewhere? Who knows where it's going? But. It, there is some rumblings of dissent in the Liberal Party of Canada from those, and I didn't know these even existed, those centrist or right-of-center liberals who are starting to fear for their jobs because they're the ones who are in the 905 and in the, the rural ridings and whatnot and in Quebec who are suddenly reading the writing on the wall that they might not get re-elected if the, if the party goes full socialist. Well, where the hell have they been? Well, exactly. Why is it just now they're starting to rumble and... Because they're thinking an election might be coming. That's why. It's it's about them. It's not about what's good for the country. It's about them. It's not about Trudeau's corruption. It's about them. Yeah, you know, that's actually, uh, as cynical as that sounds, that is actually probably 99% accurate. I hate to say it, but it's true. I mean, yeah. they're not, they never, they never, there was no dissent before this. I mean, Trudeau has been the most corrupt prime minister in the history of this great nation. And they never spoke up before now. And when there is a possibility of an election coming this fall, now these people are sweating bullets and they, and they're worried about being reelected. And that isn't what you should be re- uh, worried about. You should be worried about what's best for this country, what's best for your neighbors and the people in your constituency. Yep, absolutely right. But yeah, instead, they, uh, they, they towed the party line, they followed along, went for the ride, and then suddenly they see that the polling numbers don't look so good in their particular areas. And 
yeah, suddenly now it's, they're rumbling that, oh, this, this, this can't go on. Well, you're right. Where were you for the last year? Yeah. And speaking of polling numbers, did you hear that, that how much money the government has spent on polling? Do I want to know? Well, I don't, I don't have the exact number, but Trudeau's, since Trudeau took power in 2015, spend government federal government spending on on opinion polls has tripled oh my gosh so this goes to what you were saying a couple of shows ago that trudeau uh governs by opinion poll it's sad but true yep it, it, it is absolutely true because i mean why get why spend that much money on opinion polls unless that's how you're going to decide what your policy is? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and it's and that's why he waited. Was it three days before he made any kind of statement about the John A. McDonald statue getting tore down? Yeah, they were probably trying to find out if uh, what what public opinion on it was before he said anything. Yeah, you and they talk about and they talking about the Conservative Party being a populist party. Well, talk about populism. That's the definition of it. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> all right. So we got one more topic I want to get on here. and We've got about four minutes to go. So I think we should be able to squeeze that one in. Yep. So on Canadian Common Sense Canada, you've heard us expose corruption from Justin Trudeau because there's been so much. You've heard us talk about Katie Telford, his chief of staff. You've heard corruption from... Catherine McKenna, when she was environment minister, and there have been corruption from oh my God, there's uh, Stephen Steven, Steven Gilbo. Yeah, yeah, that was just going to mention him. Yeah, and and of course, the, the, my, my favorite, the unnamed cabinet minister in Montreal, <laughs> and yeah. then Lewis, you had to go and send me an article today. What the hell is David Lametti up to, Justice Minister David Lametti? Yeah, Justice Minister, or yeah, Justice Minister David Lamati has been. Uh, I I don't know. I, I got to be honest. I sent you the article without reading the whole thing because I was actually busy at work. But uh, he's been interfering, or he a judge has said that he has interfered in uh, in court business. Yeah, what he's tried to do is he tried to introduce another bill and I can't remember what the name of the bill was but effectively what he wanted to do was to be able to overrule the court decisions and to allow more time because he said oh well sir we don't we might not have enough time to 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 make implement programs and get legislation through and a judge actually slapped his wrists and said you can't do that it's it's against the law and our traditions go as such. And yeah, Mr. Lametti was just trying to run roughshod over Canadian law in order to, I guess, to have time to spend even more money and seize more control. Well, it sounds like Justin Trudeau picked a perfect uh, person to replace <laughs> uh, Raybould. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Someone he couldn't push around and uh, get her to interfere with court proceedings and and he's got a guy who will do that for him if he wants i mean this is this is incredible i mean 
how it, it, and it's just it's just every day. I mean, like you said before the show started, you said, you know, it's summer. This is when politics is supposed to be slow. And and we could be doing full shows every other day right now with all the stuff that's happening and coming out about different ministers and different government contracts and and all that kind of stuff. I mean, like there's even a there's still questions like nobody can even get answers on this contract that that was given to a former liberal MP for a quarter billion dollars. And the media is almost ignoring it. Well, it's, it's crazy. And like you say, this is summer. We should be scrambling and trying to find things to talk about. Where, as for the last month, we've left, left things off of our list that we couldn't get to. And yeah. that's, that's, it's, it's unheard of. Parliament isn't even in session because it has been prorogued. And we still have more things to talk about than we have time to squeeze in. Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. Like, I can't even keep up with the news myself because, I, I mean, this is my busy part time of the year for my business. So I even have a hard time keeping up with it. And, uh, I mean, there's stuff that you've brought up on the show where I, I flat out say, I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't even heard about this yet. <laughs> I mean, it's... It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, we've said all along, because uh, when we started this show, Justin Trudeau was already prime minister, and we've said that Justin Trudeau provides us with so much material. And even he is, isn't the bulk of our show anymore. I mean, we're there's just so much going on that it's uh, – I guess it's, it's, it's great because content is king, and we always have lots of content, but – I almost wish it would slow down a little bit because, yeah, it would be nice to be able to kind of bite into some of these topics a little deeper, but there's just so much to cover. Well, okay, I I wish – I'm glad that there's so much for us to talk about because 45 minutes whips by before you even know it. But, True. Uh, but for the sake of our country, I wish there wasn't. That's really well said. You know what? That that that's true. I mean, for the sake of our country, it would be nice if we uh, had a bit more sunshine to spread around. Yeah. Well, on and that on, sad note. And on that note, Canada, <laughs> we'll leave you. We'll leave. We'll leave you with that, and we'll call it a show for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, so, man, we always do this to you, Canada. We always end the show on a low note. Yeah. So uh, apologies that we're doing it to you again, but. Uh, give you a few things to chew on so thank you for joining us and welcome again to all of the new listeners we have we're really happy to have so many of you suddenly come on board and we uh hope for many many more so until next week it's uh tony out here in saskatchewan and lewis out here in bc good night good night canada